What's up, guys? Welcome back. Coming to you live from Farmington Hills, Michigan. Your host, David Chandra. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe. Jill couldn't make it today, but we wish her luck on her exams and her midterms that are coming up in finals. But we have a brand new student today, a brand new episode of a student joining us from Barrie down in Miami. Gabriella, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners? Hey, everyone. Um, good luck to you, Jill. Um, I'm in third year at Barrie, and I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. It's a pleasure to have you on. And I know you're a big, big advocate for the field of podiatry. You have a big social media following, um, Pathway to Podiatry. And I know you have a YouTube channel. We'll kind of get into that shortly. But before all of that, let's rewind all the way back and kind of talk about where this journey entirely started from, um, your love for medicine and your love for the field of podiatry. Tell us a little bit about where you went to undergrad, um, what classes you took, what your major was, and all of those things. Okay, that's so I've always, I, know, I mean, like, it's really taboo to say, but I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. Um, so when I went into college, I was on, like, the pre-med track, and I had no idea what podiatry was while I was in college. Let's just start there. But um, I majored in neuropsych and biochem just because the two majors at my school, UMass Amherst in Massachusetts, they overlapped a lot um, in regards to the requirements that you needed for courses and things of that nature. And most of the classes that you need to take for medical school were involved in the major requirements. So those are the two things that I had majored in. Um, I ended up taking a gap year, mostly because I didn't feel prepared to take the MCAT in my junior or senior year. So I had graduated, and in my gap year, I started working in the hospital as an anesthesia tech. And while I was working as an anesthesia tech in the OR, I ran into someone who, a surgeon, who had CPM on their badge. And I asked them, what does that stand for? And they were like, Dr. Podiatric Medicine. And I'm like, oh, what is that? <laughs> yeah. And they invited me to shadow. So I shadowed them a couple of times in different settings because he was part of a practice with a couple of other podiatrists. And he worked in a wound clinic and he did surgeries. So I got to shadow him in his clinic, in the wound care clinic, and um, in some surgeries. And I was just like, why is this like not talked about? This is like so perfect. It's because for me, it was a good balance between like doing being a doctor and also having like some type of like, like work life balance. Definitely. So I really fell in love with the field. And now I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think kind of going back to what you said earlier about the cliche statement of I've always wanted to be a doctor. I think a lot of people that have come on this podcast and others too could probably attest to the same statement because it's something that you just kind of feel inside of you. You don't know how to explain it. You don't know how to like describe it to somebody, but you just know, you know, and I think that's good. That's where, where your passion and where your drive and your determination start from just having that goal and that dream in mind to accomplish it. And that's pretty cool that you were able to, you know, come across the podiatrist, um, you know, seeing that badge uh, saying DPM and, in an OR setting, because that's something that we DPMs uh, spend a lot of time in. We spend a lot of time in the OR, and it's something crucial to our field and something that we do on a daily basis. And, and I'm glad that, you know, you cross paths with something like that in that circumstance, in that situation. So 
tell us a little bit about how that shadowing experience was like. I know you said that you enjoyed the work-life balance, but you saw the aspect of surgery and being able to see the wound care clinic and seeing a variety of patients. But I know you mentioned that, you know, being in medicine is something that you wanted to always be in, but what kind of set podiatry apart from the others, you know, so that you can kind of elaborate on that aspect of things. So being able to shadow him in his clinic was, for me, I felt like there were a lot of pros in that just because he had, he was working with a group of podiatrists. So I got to see other individuals who practiced differently or had different, um, patients, different type of patients that they would serve. So I would see uh, like a woman podiatrist, a female podiatrist and male podiatrist. So the female podiatrist that uh, was there had just had a baby and she was just talking about, you know, like, it's so amazing, you know, that this field has such a good, um, it doesn't, like there are other, obviously there are so many other specialties where women have children and stuff like that, but she was very she was telling me how the balance was very nice and it didn't feel like a lot of stress because the work you do can be stressful, but it's not like life or death situations, usually like in surgeries and stuff like that. Um, also, when you see the different patients that there could be very common things that um, a podiatrist can see, like plantar fasciitis, someone having the common like heel pain and things like that but you also get to see that there are so many different issues involved with the foot that you just don't even really think about and it's like the foot is so important to every single individual and it's a lot of I guess there's so many things that I could say but podiatry just covers so many different things and it's like one specialty like you you're not limited to just doing surgery yeah you're not limited to just doing um wounds like you can do wounds you can do dermatology wounds you can do kids you can do adults you can do geriatrics you can do sports medicine you can do so many different things and in your training for residency you get to get all of that training so once you finish your residency you're not limited to the things that you have like you are able to do so that's something that really stood out to me for podiatry um even though you are limited to in like a location in the body or a part of the body you're not limited in the practice that you have for sure yeah and i think to kind of sum that up it kind of caters to what you're looking for specifically and i think ultimately it comes down to the right fit you know not everybody will enjoy podiatry not everybody will enjoy other specialties but it depends Mm -hmm. on the type of person you are the type of personality that you have that has to fit that specialty and the, the specialty offers something too. And the fact that you're not just in clinics, not just rounding on patients, you also get to be in the surgeries. So it's a lot of hands-on, you know, it's a lot of hands-on things that we do as podiatrists that some other specialties might not be able to do, but you got to ask yourself if you would want the hands-on experience or would you rather be more on the management side of the patients, you know, but it's not to say that the hands-on aspect or the management aspect isn't not in podiatry or not in another specialty, but it's something that you got to think about once you come in, once you make that as your career choice. So definitely understandable. And I think all are good points that prospective students that are looking into the field of podiatry should definitely research about and look into before they make a decision. And especially first and second year students that 
get the opportunity to now, you know, be in the didactic portion of the uh, curriculum. But once they step out into the clinical world in third year and fourth year, they really get to see everything that they've learned in the past two years, you know. So tell us a little bit about your time at Barry and why you chose Barry over the other schools. And if you had applied to any other schools or if Barry was the only school that you had applied to. Um, in total, I applied to, no, five schools. Yes, five schools. I applied to uh, Shoal. I applied to Temple. I applied to Kent. I applied to New York. And I applied to Barry. Um, out of the five, I got an interview request from all five, but I only interviewed at three of them, the three being Temple, Barry, and Kent. So for me, my top choices were Barry and Temple. Those were like my top two. Um, and when I had interviewed uh, at all three, I think I hadn't gotten my MCAT results back. So I remember um, when I was looking, there was what stood out to me about Barry that made it one of my tops was that it was very diverse. Like when you look at, um, I forget, I always forget the name of the website that you can look at the stats for each of the schools and like the requirements for applying to podiatry school. But there they do have for each school the statistics of the incoming classes and stuff like that, whether it be ethnicities or GPAs, things like that. So to me, um, and gender. So Barry had almost like a 50-50 female to male ratio, and they had like the most diverse class in terms of like race and ethnicity. And that spoke a lot to me, um, just because when I was an undergrad, it was uh, very like white predominant. And I felt like coming from a very small high school and going into a very, very large college, it was very hard for me to adjust um, and feel like, com not comfortable, but just like not so alone. And in Barry, knowing that I speak Spanish and I could really develop um, speaking Spanish, like medical terms in Spanish, I felt like that would be a big advantage. In Temple, I really liked Temple and it was one of my tops because it was close to home. Philly is close to um, Massachusetts, like driving distance six hours, I feel like it's pretty close. And it was like weather-wise, really good. Um, <laughs> it doesn't get really really cold and it doesn't get really well it gets hot in the summers but you know you still have your seasons yeah. so me coming from Massachusetts I really liked the fall weather so I like that aspect and I know that uh, Temple is a very good um, program as well so that it made it easy for me to decide Barry because I wasn't accepted into Temple so that's what really made me um, end up being at Barry and how I've liked Barry so far I really do and I'm happy I picked Barry um, I've enjoyed it it's been hard but I imagine it's hard at every single school so you know but so far it's it's been a really really great experience for sure now I'm glad to hear that and I'm glad that you were able to come down to that decision of once again finding what you wanted in the school that you decided to go to especially like we talked about before, first it's the career, then you want to be placed in a school that's made for you. And then mm -hmm. on top of exactly. that, the, the next step is residency, right? And as fourth years and you're a third year, looking forward to residency, you want the right fit for yourself when you get into residency. So it's all about finding a place that fits you best and where you fit best. And I think that ultimately will give you the best 
success and outcomes and results going down the road. And going back to that website that you're talking about, just for reference for students that are might, that might be listening, it's known as AACPM. So it's the American Association of Colleges of Podiatric Medicine, where you can find all the statistics that Gabriella was talking about, things about the different the different schools, um, like she said, gender, the population, who's there, who's uh, what type of people that are, that are there, what the school consists of, and things of that nature. Um, it's a, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's a good starting point for a lot of prospective students that are looking into podiatry to go on that website and try to do research on their own initial research. You know, it's not going to be the end all be all for that um, on that page, but you, it's a, it's a good starting point for, I believe, um, for students that are looking into podiatry. So tell us a little bit about your clinical experiences during your third year. I know you're finally out of uh, classes and I'm sure you probably still have some classes. I don't know exactly how it works down at Barry, but you finished step one. I'm sure that's a huge accomplishment, huge relief off your shoulders. So tell us a little bit about how third year has been for you, what you've enjoyed, what you've liked, and maybe even things that you've kind of disliked. I don't know, anything of that nature. Okay, so third year is like night and day <laughs> compared to first and second year. So Barry does still um, have you enroll into classes, and it's a lot of classes, actually. So how Barry does it is Mondays and Tuesdays, we have classes and since of um, coronavirus, the pandemic, we are taking classes remotely. And then we have clinics from Wednesday to Friday. And depending on which clinical rotation you're in, you um, can be going very long hours or short hours, or it, it all depends on the rotation that you're in. So um, we're taking a lot of classes. I think it's nine, including a lab. And then we have <laughs> we have the clinical rotation. So for me, um, third year has been a lot more enjoyable just because I feel like in your first and second year, um, you definitely have to, well, for me, I enjoyed that it was just class-based because obviously you throw someone in a clinic that has no type of background in anatomy or pharmacology or any of those subjects that you learn in your first and second year, um, you'll be like a chicken with their head cut off. So yeah. of course you learn things, you know, as you see them, but it's good to learn things in your first and second year. Um, but it's very different. So my first and second year, I would just be like studying all the time. And now I have to like kind of, study smart and fit in all the hours of like clinics and patient logs and outside assignments for clinics. And it's, it's been a lot, but first and second year kind of builds you up for it in a way. And I've also realized that it's nice to have clinics and see how much you actually have learned in your first and second year and how things really do tie together and start making a lot of sense. Yeah. For <laughs> like sure. I just get in like a textbook or something. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, being a fourth year student and kind of wrapping up my externships and fourth year in general, I think one big takeaway is just the fact that you're able to apply everything that you've learned and you continue to keep learning. I think the learning never stops especially as a student and even as you continue on to being a resident the, the it's like studying every day to be the best that you can be and mm -hmm. yeah you lay your foundation in your first and second year like we talked about and it's nice to just be in classes just focus on that and not have to multitask but i think 
making uh, a good physician or a complete resident, you got to be able to multitask. You got to be able to study, do a couple classes, you know, keep up on your uh, articles, journals, you know, contemporary literature. But at the same time, like you have to go in, do surgeries or assistant surgeries or, you know, be in clinic and round and all of these different things where I think third year is just a just the beginning of everything right and you finally get to get that exposure that you've always been waiting for and you're like finally like the patient interaction is amazing i mean obviously there's times you come across one or two patients or a handful of patients where you're like oh no this isn't going well you know but i think that's part of the process i think that's when you learn um, from your mistakes i think when you learn from interesting or unique situations you really uh, build your character and you get better and you know it's worthwhile when you hear from a patient that hey you did a good job especially as a student because you're like I'm still like all over the place but if you compliment me on the work that I do that you know that means a lot and I'll remember that as I keep going forward so and, and I'm glad that you as a third year are you know realizing that and seeing that and I think first and second years that are going to get into your position soon whether at Barry or all these other schools are going to enjoy that process, are going to enjoy that, um, uh, those situations to finally yeah. be able to see it with their eyes and to be able to feel the, the environment and how it is. So tell us a little bit about the, how the clinic is set up down in um, Barrie. And I know you mentioned the aspect of being able to speak Spanish, and that's something that's very, um, um, very much needed down in Miami um, from everything that I've heard and what you've told me as well. So is that at all incorporated into your school clinics or how do you guys get exposure into that as well too? Yes, so we have uh, different rotations that we get split between this fall semester and spring semester before we start our externships. So whether it be like uh, plastic surgery, internal med, um, vascular, like interventional radiology, radiology, um, podiatry, like our community podiatry rotation, or just um, podiatry, like with our school. Because uh, Barry has different clinics as well, so we get to do rotations with Barry clinics, and then also podiatry rotations with other podiatrists. And there's anesthesia and things like that. So they consist of, like, the duration is either one month or two weeks okay. each rotation. So depending on which rotation you have, it can be a one month or two month. I have so far had one month podiatry community, a two week podiatry community, a two week radiology, and a one month internal med. And this week, actually, I will be starting my one month in interventional radiology. So, so far, um, I haven't done any with the Barry clinics for podiatry, but I have been with two different podiatrists in their own um, practices. So, that was really fun. Um, again, the hours would depend on who you were with. And then for internal med, that's where there was a lot of the, and with one of the podiatrists, there was a lot of like Spanish speaking. Um, when there is a student, however, that doesn't uh, speak Spanish, I know that like I would be with other students um, from other schools because my internal med rotation I had with uh, medical students from uh, different medical schools in Florida, not podiatry mm -hmm. associated. Um, and there were a lot of students who didn't speak Spanish, but the doctor herself spoke Spanish. So she would talk to the patients if they only spoke Spanish and um, translate to the other students. But uh, yes, in Florida, there's a lot of Spanish speakers. Um, 
and I think it's important to know how to speak Spanish. So I'm happy that I am here in Florida because even me as a Spanish speaker, I there's many, many, many terms and like words that you just don't use on a daily basis, like when you're a Spanish speaker that have to do with medicine. So I feel like I'm I'm getting a lot of exposure to that and it's helping me out a lot. Definitely. I think like you mentioned, being in different geographical locations really also play a role in where you want to be and being the fact that you're Spanish speaking and that you can help in that community. Being in Miami is great. It's like an awesome experience to be able to not only use what you know, you know, as your your uh, mother language and things like that, but also apply it to the, the career that you're in. And I think to relate to that too, I was in Los Angeles for a externship earlier in the year and there were there were also a lot of Spanish speaking um, patients down there. And I, you know, I, I don't understand Spanish really well and I don't speak it myself. So I always needed an MA to come in with me or the attending to come in with me to be able to translate on my behalf of what I was trying to ask. Um, but it was a cool experience to be able to know and realize that like, there's so many different patient populations around the entire country where, you know, all of us are required to be able to help in one way or the other. I might not be able to help the Spanish-speaking community as much as you can, but you're there for that reason, and I'm there for another reason, right? So I think, and I'm glad that all these schools are placed in different locations, and I hope that eventually uh, the amount of schools, the exposure to these schools and um, increase so that we start tapping into more um, demographics that might not have been reached. And I think that podiatry is still improving it's still expanding still getting better but it's a you know it's step-by-step process and i think like you mentioned i think it's pretty cool that you guys as a school are able to do that and the rotations that you do are very cool uh interventional radiology is awesome im is awesome ed is awesome they're all a crash what's that yeah i was gonna say emergency room yes i forgot emergency room (laughs) (laughs) yeah um I, they're, they're pretty much like a crash course to what residency looks like, right? Like, especially if, if you take everything in and you you put in, put in everything during your third year rotations, you really get to be able to see what it's like, kind of a sneak peek of what it will be like when you're a resident. And most of the residencies allow you to do off-service rotations and all of these things that you're talking about. So it's, it's cool that your school incorporates that and allows you guys as students to get a understanding of what it looks like, you know? So... And I think when I was starting this podcast, the most important part that I wanted people to realize, too, is not just to, uh, you know, raise awareness for podiatry, but to understand that to be a holistic physician, to be able to be a complete physician, you got to have everything. You can't just be, okay, I'm only going to look at the foot of the ankle for the rest of my life. It doesn't work like that, you know. Um, it isn't like you chopped off right right above the ankle and that's what you're working on. So. You got to treat the patient as a patient. You got to know the entire patient history. You need to know their medical history. And that requires you to be able to manage the patients in the ways that other specialties would be able to manage them and be at the same level or, you know, continue to push yourself to be at that level. So, and that's awesome. I'm hoping that, you know, as you continue forward into your fourth year, I wish you nothing but the best, you know, I I wish you good luck going forward. And like I was saying to all you listeners, you know, Gabriella's big on Instagram, Pathway to Podiatry. She has YouTube, YouTube channel, right? Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. So you guys can listen to her on YouTube, watch her on YouTube. I've watched a couple episodes, a uh, couple YouTube 
episodes are pretty they're definitely entertaining you know it, it's a different field. It's a different it's a different field than it is than when i do these podcasts for that matter but you know it's 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 impressive and it's and it's something that when you see another contemporary of yours doing the same thing as you're doing it it's definitely encouraging so keep up the good work and you know i'm sure sky's the limit going forward for you and whatever you plan to do going forward in your fourth year and thereafter so before we wrap up this episode, I always like to do rapid fire question session with our guests. Are you ready for this? I hope so. <laughs> all right. Well, these are all questions just to kind of get to know you out of, outside of your journey into podiatry and, uh, you know, why you chose podiatry and all those things. So, but first question I would always like to ask is what is your favorite bone in the foot? That's, that's, that has to be a go-to question. I hope it's an interview question, but I'm prepping all of you guys for it. So. <laughs> favorite bone in the foot? Uh... I think that's the first time I've heard that as the favorite bone, but any reason for that? No, I mean, it's like the biggest metatarsal. Yeah. It's, it has a <laughs> lot, it has a lot of power, a lot of, um, you know, just, I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it a does, cool bone. it's a cool bone. It does. I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of procedures that we do on it um, yeah. as surgeons, um, podiatric surgeons. We, you know, we work with bunions. We work with uh, uh, arthritis, hallux rigidus, hallux limitus that develop in that joint. And it is it is powerful. Um, you use it for propulsion. You know, you use yeah. it every time you're walking. It's it's used all almost regularly. So I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um. So tell us a little bit about what you've enjoyed about Miami. Um, I know that uh, there's South Beach. The weather is great. You know, life is good down there. I've heard I've never been. But tell me what you like to do outside of school and in your free time. It is a, a, a party um, state or city, but I'm not really a party girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do love the weather here. Um, being from Massachusetts, it's like hot time, hot um, weather all the time. So. I like the palm trees. Um, I just love the weather here. I do enjoy being outside, getting nice vitamin D. Um, and yeah, but I don't really, even when I do go to the beach, I don't even go into the ocean. I just like <laughs> <laughs> chill in the sand. But yeah, I, I really like, I do love it here in Florida. Yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity that you have that most other places don't. So, yeah, I mean, me yeah. being up in Cleveland, I really don't get to enjoy quote-unquote beaches you know i mean there's yeah. beaches but it's lake erie beach and it's compared to like miami beaches it, it's not even close so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um tell us a little bit about what your plans are post-school are you planning to stay in florida are you planning to go back home to massachusetts or what's what what's what are things looking like for you my parents really really want me to go back to massachusetts but i just i don't know i really want to stay in florida um I know that there are a lot of states like Florida where you have like a, you can go up to like the tibial tuberosity in terms of like surgery. So I really like that aspect in Massachusetts. I wouldn't uh, say that you're limited, but you can only go up to the midfoot. That's probably why I really don't want to go back. But, um, you know, doors are always open. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not limiting myself. <laughs> I just, you know, I really would like to stay in Florida though. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely to make sure to keep your options open. You don't want to like close any doors too early and you're too early in the process still to close any exactly, doors. So, yeah. um, like I you agree. said, you know, it's uh, 
wherever life takes you, I'm sure it's going to be the right place for you. You've made the right decision thus far where you are, the career that you're part of. So I'm sure that it'll be the same for whichever city or whichever state you end up in. But going off of that, if you could choose to travel to a place right now, if there was no COVID, where would that be? Overseas, domestically, where would you want to go? Hmm. Um, I haven't been back to Dominican Republic in a while. I think I would probably go back to Dominican Republic for a little. Yeah. Is that where your family's originally from? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And well, I have a lot of family there I haven't seen in a, in a while. Yeah, well, hopefully when COVID clears up and everything kind of slows down, you can make your trip out there maybe after your externships or before. I don't know. I've been yeah. I've been trying to plan trips uh, ever since I knew I was going to have some downtime after externships, but I don't know how that how that's looking like. Um you know, with everything that's going on, hopefully it calms down. But if not, yeah. I'll, I'll at least make a road trip out of it somewhere domestically and enjoy the West Coast or something. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks, Gabriella, for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on here. Um, I hope you listeners enjoyed this episode, took something away from Gabriella's journey, um, why she chose podiatry. Like I said, she advocates for the field, continue to support her on her social media and tune in you know um the more you see the more you hear from people that are in school especially for prospective students you know it goes a long way something that i didn't have something that gabriella didn't have when she was able to look into podiatry and we're trying to make that difference and give back and help the future generations that are trying to make a decision and this is also helpful for first and second years and even third years you know and, and fourth years for that matter just being able to talk and see what everyone's perspective is on um, in, in the different uh, challenges that we face as students. So follow us on Instagram at SoulPurpose20. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anything that you want, even on Anchor if you want for that matter. And also, like I said, check out Gabriella's YouTube channel as well too. Thank you guys for today. Thank Enjoy you. the rest of the Thank day. Thank you so much for having me. And this is really awesome that you're doing this as well.